Disclaimer, we are not licensed professionals. The conversations we have about our mental health and well-being come from our own personal experiences. We hope these open conversations will encourage our audience to take notice and ownership of their own mental and emotional well-being. And maybe, just maybe, provide some cathartic laughs along the way. All right, everyone, welcome back to Therapy Check. Here for another week, you have me, your host, Andrea, and my also other host. Well, that sounded weird. We're both equally important in this. If anything, this is Breezy's show, so. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Hello, I am Breezy coming at you live from the middle of the West. Even though it's not really the West, I consider, you know, we directly on the Mississippi line. We in the middle but we'll call it the Midwest for now. The yes, Breezy coming at you live from Minnesota. <laughs> How's the weather going over there? So currently we are we're enjoying some nice 50s, 60s weather. Okay. We got some rain today, a bit of thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. But the thing about living where I'm at, the earth just soaks that up. And mm-hmm. now everything outside is already turning green. So I wow. think it's safe to say we are done with the winter. That's good. That's good. How about y'all? Uh, rainy Oregon, you know, not mm-hmm. much changes, but it was pretty sunny today, which is great. Mm-hmm. But do you want to tell the people, we don't have a name for our listeners yet. I don't know what we would name our listeners. Do you have any ideas? Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> My first thought was like, ooh, therapy. Let's call them our patients. <laughs> Our clients, no, 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 no. We won't do y'all like. That. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, this is like a healing circle or something. It's okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If if y'all want to come up with your name, uh, if y'all want to, I don't know, select like a a group. Like this is a we're we're K-pop stars. We're in our K-pop group. What's the fandom name, y'all? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should have fan cams going on in the future. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, All yes. right, but what are we talking about today? Mm. We're talking about the thing that I think gives life meaning, that fills you up, that ancient philosophers have been talking about for centuries. People write poems about. There's a great sitcom, mm-hmm. and that is friends and friendship. Okay. <laughs> yes, we're talking about the nature of all relationships that are platonic. Mm -hmm. So specifically like adult friendships or Mm -hmm. during or post-grad friendships and then how it evolves. And for our younger listeners that might be in high school, maybe middle school, we don't know, but I hate to break it to you, but the friend group you have right now probably isn't going to last. A hard reality. I'm sorry. Yes. And that has to do simply with the fact that a lot of, for a lot of people in life, and I think that is really true of all friendships on all levels that you will have, even onto adulthood, you really build friendships based on proximity. For a lot of people, it is very rare to find someone based solely on interest Mm -hmm. or like identity that is, you know, not someone who's like lives right next door to you but you know gen z millennials are starting to discover 
a new type of friendship and that is those people that like oh i've been friends with this people or this person on the internet for some odd years months and friendship as we know it or the definitions and the constraints of it are changing yeah especially in the middle of a pepperoni pizza (laughs) every time there's a new name every time yes i enjoy it very much but do you want to tell us your history with friendships and the kind of friendships you've had in the past and how they've evolved? Mm-hmm. So I would say I was definitely a person in which proximity really dictated who my friends were. I went to a smaller school district in which for the most part, some of my friends I've known since kindergarten, mm-hmm. um, we all grew up together. And then there was also kind of a system in which you would whether you know incidentally or on purpose would befriend your older siblings friends younger siblings Mm. like I had a lot of my brother's friends that he was in school with who had little sisters who had little brothers that I would go grow to know just based on the fact that I had to see them every time I was at like my brother's basketball games and they would go to support their older sibling And so it was very much, you know, if we lock these people in a small community or a small box, like you'll have someone try and kill each other. And, but for the most part, other people will be like, ah, yeah, I guess we're friends. Yeah. Right. How have those friendships evolved through your high school, college, and to this point? At this point, I'm pretty confident in saying that I don't have a lot of friends from high school, middle school. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's because I was one of the few people who decided to go out of state. And so once that level of proximity and just closeness was removed, those friendships fell apart. Mm -hmm. And even though we did come into a point in which social media was available, Mm -hmm. for me, in person is still, you know, the preferred mode of friendship for me. Like, I want to be in person with you text message and snap streaks and stuff like that one I can't keep a snap streak to save my life but two it just it feels like there's so much you have to give so much backstory and lore in order to get that person to a point where they can fully like understand oh this is what's happening in your life this is how you're reacting to it that it just came it came to a point where I was on the west coast all my friends were in the Midwest. Our schedules didn't match up when we were, when we came back home. And it was just kind of natural to be like, you know, I guess we've grown apart. Yeah. Which is interesting that you say that you've had a few friends that have, or people that you've known since kindergarten, which has not been my experience whatsoever. Whoever mm-hmm. I was friends with or had an acquaintance with back in the day, like, they have nothing to do with my life anymore. I don't even know where they are or anything. But maybe it's because I've never really lived in one place for that long, especially when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And you've lived there all your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've never had that experience, but I've definitely like grown out of friendships for sure. And I really hope, since the distance between us, Breezy, is pretty big, that you're not trying to predict something here because... And then two, calling you out for this. You are terrible, terrible at texting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, I don't know what it is. I, I really can't explain it. 
but it's been I can't it's consistent even in like romantic relationships and such like that I don't know what it is but I don't I don't think it's something that's happening in the future but I've had just so many relationships in the past in which once we're away from each other it just kind of like our lives happened outside of each other and it became too exhaustive to you know reconnect and be like okay previously on this some people do that really well i don't know why i don't i am texting for another reason i think the only time i was ever a good texter was in my first relationship mm-hmm. because we were long distance and because that was everything i got out of that relationship and i was like my phone is dry <laughs> i don't even look at it i am very much one of those people my mother also does this i'm one of those people who like where's your phone oh i left it in my room we're outside. Where's your phone? <laughs> I really just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I space out. I think that's what it is. I space out. I don't know. I don't know. But you were saying that there's some friendships that they, the distance, you don't really talk every day. And for some reason, people like come back together randomly and then they reconnect. You said you don't do that, but I will disagree with you on that. Because I know for sure, for us, we do not talk every day. Mm -hmm. We will talk whenever we have to do this podcast or just randomly. And even though we have, like, long periods of time where we just don't know anything about each other, Mm -hmm. we still reconnect really well. And it's like we pick up where we left off, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So I would say I think it depends on the person for you. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, as well, that really comes down to it is as I've grown up and I realized that my college relationships, mm-hmm. for the most part, were not out of proximity. I had my I had choices. I had options mm-hmm. and I chose correctly. And I think it was I also personally will admit I was one of those angsty teenagers mm-hmm. who believed who bragged oh oh this is so embarrassing I used to brag being like I haven't cried in six months like that was my flex being like emotions never heard of them so I used to do that and I would it was I didn't have a car and I didn't have a phone in high school and middle school mm-hmm. so it was very easy for me to just have fun with my friends and talk explicitly about school and school related drama mm-hmm. I can safely say for the most part All of my friends that I've had in high school knew nothing about me emotionally, Mm -hmm. my like passions and dreams and all that stuff and comings and goings outside of school. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why those relationships very much became time consuming because I had to just, we only talked about school, how school was happening for us, how life was happening for us. We didn't really talk about the deeper things. Mm -hmm. And so it just became superficial. Mm -hmm a recap every now and then and then it just kind of fell apart because there wasn't really no deeper meaning I've, I've actually told this to one of my friends recently I told him I was like hey I was like I'm not gonna lie about you but when it comes down to stuff I don't really know much about you like we're good friends we can talk about anything but I know little to nothing about you and he was like oh my gosh like how could you expose me like that I've like only one other person has told me that and he's like you're right I do do that like like we can talk about anything 
you want like pop culture all that stuff but about me personally and what's going on like who I am and what I like I'm going through most people don't know me and I was like yeah and I've never had any issue with it like if you if you we don't have to be bosom bros or whatever (laughs) in the sense that I know everything about you and your mental state Mm-hmm. I don't know. Friendship is weird. I have to. I got a therapist, so maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to give a rundown of kind of the friendships I've had in the past. So I don't know how younger kids do it or have been doing it, but I did not experience what having a friend or like a realish friend was like the introduction to it until like late into my like middle school experience, because mm-hmm. before that. I had no friends. Like I had people that I would like hang out with and they were nice sometimes, you know, but I never had any friends. And I personally got bullied a lot when I was really young. So I never really mm-hmm. got had any friends, which is kind of sad thinking about it now, <laughs> yeah. but it's all good. We, we grew out of that. Yeah. And then from high school, like I had my group of friends. I was never someone that had drama back in back in the days. I was I just showed up to high school just to do my thing. And just because I was only there because I wanted to go to college, honestly. But I did have a good group of friends. And out of all those people, I stayed really good friends with two of them, which Breezy, you know, both of them. It would be Miguel and Tony. And love them. Got it. Oh, (laughs) I know you love them. But everybody else, either, and I, like, I have, like, two acquaintances from there, like, we're friends, but, like, not, and then everyone else is just, like, vanished from my life. And then the Mm -hmm. thing that you mentioned before is that we have social media. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of these people on Facebook, on Instagram, and I kind of see them posting, but I don't talk to them, nor do I want to talk to them. I have no idea what's going on in their lives, Mm -hmm. besides what they post, of course. And it's crazy because a lot of them are, like, married, getting engaged, having kids, doing all these things and I just it's it's weird how at one point we were friends and like everyone shifted their own ways getting to college is that is when I actually got to really choose my friends it wasn't mm-hmm. just of we go to the same high school even though my friends are like we went to the same college but I had more of a choice of the kind of people I want in my life and again I personally feel like I made the right choice because mm-hmm. the friends that I actually made in college I'm still really good friends with you know mm-hmm I really want to know, we have to do research, a paper needs to be written, mm-hmm. some investigation needs to be done, but I too was also bullied growing up and didn't have very many friends. In fact, mm-hmm. this this theme will come up later in our talks. My first real friends that I remember in elementary school were my bullies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you could argue whether or not those were real friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I I remember actively after like hearing the first comment, hearing the first mean thing, getting upset, doing all that, immediately going back and being like, I'm going to change who I am and fundamentally what I care about. And like, I, I want them, it was more of a, like a defense mechanism of like, I want to change myself so that it stopped bullying me. And I changed myself so much that they started to like me. Yeah. I forgot the, what the movie's called, but where... She's like this like shy girl, like nerdy, whatever. And then she changes and she's all pretty and everyone's surprised and everyone wants to be her friend. And then besides that, that narrative is like all over the place. I think growing up, I was obsessed with that narrative, you know, because I was for the longest time that girl from the beginning, you know, Mm -hmm. the one that no one liked, the one that everyone bullied, like the nerdy little kid. So I was obsessed with that narrative, you know? Yeah. 
And then I'm trying to remember who were the other. I did have a group, uh, like two girls that were my friends, but very quickly they moved away. Mm-hmm. And so I had to deal with that a lot of not just necessarily like me moving different schools, but all my friends moving different schools, like the ones that I did eventually make. And I got kind of left behind. That was very much all of my relationships. Mm-hmm. And when I came into middle school, this was fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I was very much a nerd. I remember one day, like the principal came in for uh, to view the class or to mm-hmm. see what the teacher was doing. And was very impressed by me, by like my interest in school and my knowledge. And like, that was the big compliment. Although nobody else saw it that way. Like the principal was like, wow, Breezy, like you really, you're a real good student kind of thing. And after that, I remember these two girls in the back of my class who like, would be like, hey, Breezy, do you like, do you want to hang out, like help with the homework or whatever? And I had my first real big birthday party and I invited them and like a couple, like a couple days afterwards, they would later reveal like, yeah, we were, we were only friends with you to copy your homework. Cause we knew you would do it. Like you did it right. But like, turns out you're not that bad. That's messed up. That very much became like, I didn't think of myself as like a nerd in the classic movie sense, but that's how I was seen. And that's how a lot of my friendships came from. Either somebody found me useful or I changed myself as a way to avoid getting bullied. And then they were like, oh, we like this new version of you. That really, damn. <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting to like have the names pop up. And this is kind of getting like a little, a little sad. But I'm thinking about it in which all the real relationships I had or friendships I had very much came out of me trying to... Uh, change myself to protect Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. and then them being like oh we like this we like how you started to imitate us so now we want you around and then the other big thing and this is something i still do to this day and i'm pretty sure it's a defense mechanism or something once again research papers a therapist (laughs) investigate me do do a profile (laughs) i gave gifts Mm -hmm. to bullies i had this friend one of my closest friends loved her to death and she would get mad at me for a lot of like why were you hanging out with this person why were you doing this I didn't like how you did this and my way to get her to stop being mad at me was like to give her gifts Mm -hmm. and it came to a point where like I gave her a lot of stuff she was always mad at me and so as a result from then on I be given I gave gifts to like I remember having these these girls who were the bullies of the bus Mm-hmm. who were also mean to me but the way I kind of was like oh here I have some snacks for you if you want them they're like yeah sure and then like you have more snacks at your house yeah okay let's go over your house and I remember having them come into my house and grab like like ziploc bags full of stuff and leave and go home damn <laughs> well that's embarrassing did we reveal too much who knows <laughs> when you said that that just reminded me of our love language episode where you were saying that one of your biggest love languages is giving gifts mm-hmm. i don't even think it's a love language anymore i think it's more of a please don't hurt me please don't take it out on me please like mm-hmm. take please accept this please accept my offering oh my god <laughs> very much my offering may this appease you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh is this 
this is a therapy check, but y'all can't y'all can't come for me anymore. I have a therapist. I'm I am seeing someone. Thank you. <laughs> I know these might sound like red flags and you may be concerned, but do not worry. It'll be handled. It'll be handled. <laughs> you know, even just hearing you talk, I'm making connections of like my own like experiences and I'm like, "Oh my god, am I ready to say all of this <laughs> during this podcast?" The one time I had a birthday party, no one showed up. <laughs> oh my oh my gosh I hate birthday parties I think about it to this day and as a result of just my experiences with birthday parties as a child mm-hmm. one of our listeners I won't shout them out because they'll be very I'll get a I'll get an angry text in the morning but I'll just say mm-hmm. I hate parties because mm-hmm. you don't just plan on who you're inviting but how these people will work together. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you invite across like friend groups or people you know. Heaven forbid you invite someone to your birthday party that don't even go to the same school as you. Mm-hmm. Oh, just the tension, the whole, oh my gosh, I don't want this person to feel left out. Mm-hmm. And that is why as an adult, if I'm going to have a birthday party, I can't be the host. Plan it for me, organize it for me, you handle all of it. But if I'm the hostess with the mostest, running around trying to make sure, is everyone getting along? Like, I really feel like a waiter being like, how, do, how how's everyone at the table doing? You enjoy your food? You're all right? Can I get yeah. you anything else? <laughs> I can't, I hate that. I hate it so much. You know, I'm gonna reveal my traumas from childhood. But yeah, when I was in elementary school, my parents planned this big birthday party. They like made me get cards and candy and I give it to all my little like classmates and a bunch of other kids because, you know, I had no friends. And I was like, oh my God, look here, a kid my age, come to my party. My family made a bunch of food. We had a bouncy house. Only one girl showed up. And even when she was there, she didn't want to hang out with me. I was like, hey, let's go like, let's go to the bouncy house. And she was like, no, I want to be with my mom. And her mom was like, go play with her. You know, and then that was, ever since then, I'm like, I cannot throw a birthday party for myself because that constant, that fear from that one time, I'm like, no one's going to show up. Everyone hates me. Just this, ugh. But yeah, that was pretty sad. <laughs> oh, India, so sorry. <laughs> It's okay. We, we're good now. But that's one of the reasons I, you will not catch me like planning something for myself like that. If anything, mm-hmm. whenever I have like, like some kind of party or event that I'm going to throw, obviously not right now because COVID, but in the future, it's just like kickback kind of style of like the people that I know and trust. And I know that would be there for me 100% of the time. But, like, you're, you're not going to catch me, like, inviting a bunch of people for, like, some type of party. Or in college, what, ha- what happened a lot is that people would throw parties at their apartments or whatever. And then they would do a Facebook group. And then people would join as is. But I could never do that. Because I would be so scared to look at that Facebook group and see zero or not interested. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Dang. That just made me think about, like, <laughs> just talking through this and just... <laughs> how friendships used to be and how that's impacted present day friendships or my thoughts Mm -hmm. about present day friendships. All of my college friends, when I went to college and I met people, Mm -hmm. if they said I was funny Mm -hmm. or smart or any sort of compliment, I would immediately be like, oh my God, this is pranked. They got me. They're all lying. They're all (laughs) laughing. 
Like they're like Breezy's so funny, and they're like, y'all, this person really think they're funny. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I'd be like, I was like, this is episode of Punked. Like they got me. Like it really no. felt like. Or if somebody said, like, oh Breezy, you're so smart. I'm like oh la 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 la. I was like, oh my gosh. They're only friends with me because of my brain. I did have some people like that freshman year. Believe me. Mm-hmm. I had some people who were like, hey, I haven't been to class in three weeks and we have mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Can you take my exam for me? <laughs> like type stuff. Mm-hmm. But So that is one of the things in the back of my head be, this entire time. Like, oh my God. That's so embarrassing. They don't even like me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, first really- of all, those shows have been canceled for a while. <laughs> But, like, even now, even then, when, like, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, oh, I just be, sometimes, ooh, I hate growing. I hate being the bigger person. I hate being self-aware because mm-hmm. you have to do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have moments where that anxiety be, you know, hitting different in the wee hours of the night. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, everybody hates me. Like, oh my God, I can't believe they're so committed to this joke, to this prank that they decided they're like, oh yeah, no, we're definitely going to go to Breezy's birthday party. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to ride or die for a minute. And then just like towards the end be like, psych. And I, and then I have to remind myself like, this is your inner anxiety speaking. Mm -hmm. You understand that this isn't true. Mm -hmm. You are growing and working through it. But at the same time, you're like, but please <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> type of energy but eight eight-year-old breezy's like nope oh eight-year-old yeah. breezy really said wow i i'm like wow i i thank you this performance was amazing i have never <laughs> seen someone so committed to ruining another person's life i really appreciate it you know <laughs> y'all no really, breezy no <laughs> that's on trauma <laughs> yeah and this, another thing too is like I think about it like as an RA when mm-hmm. I used to have I re- my entire life mm-hmm. and this is why I, currently on a podcast I just been running my mouth running <laughs> my mouth and some people choose to listen some people think what I have to say is funny and enjoyable mm-hmm. and but when they sit around and they're like ha ah, ha 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 and I'm like it's that imposter syndrome yeah. like nah it wasn't that funny. Relax. <laughs> Chill out. I'm, I, I don't, why y'all over here? Don't go play with somebody else. I'm is not that, the one. Is that how you felt when I showed you our listeners or the amount of people that listen to us? I'll be real. In my head, I was like, damn, Andy's friends really came through. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was really out here being like, wow. <laughs> I was really like, damn, who was it? I was like, oh, you know, that's probably Miguel, Tony. They brought the whole crew. No. <laughs> they had the whole squad laughing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no. in there. Cat brought a few people. A- Andy really pulling the numbers. I was really sitting there like, oh my God, who's listening? Like, <laughs> why? Yeah, that's the thing. I really wish it could tell us who was listening. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It just gives you a number. So you're just there wondering. I'm like, okay, I know this person's for sure. This person's for sure. But who is everyone else? You know? I know. I was like, okay, I got my girl Lindsay and I got my girl Jennifer. <laughs> this is the only two people I I brought to the table. <laughs> that is not true. 
but I also, I hope, I hope that there's one person in there that is not connected to us at all, has never met us in person, and is just listening, being like, I have no idea who these people are. You know, that's fine. That's the goal, to reach as much people as we can, and we'll get there, you know, we'll eventually launch a video version of this, eventually, and hopefully you can reach more people, so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And with all this talk about friendships, it's really, it's really hitting hard at this point because all of my friendships at this point are long distance. Mm-hmm. And I've had specifically in college friendships where it's like, if I wanted to, I could hang out with somebody for a full 24 hours. I could walk to their house. I could, I had access to them. I could do whatever, you know? obviously schedules and stuff like that so there's one thing like that hurts for me I and this is real gross I get embarrassed every time I say this it's just like ew ugh. be be better be bigger I love people ugh, ugh. I just said it I put it out there <laughs> I love being around people I one really into reading body language cues energy aura that type of stuff like mm-hmm. Even if you don't believe it, all of y'all can feel, or hopefully all of y'all can feel when there's tension in a room. You can feel when something changes. Over the phone, sometimes I can't tell that. And sometimes that sort of amplifies my anxiety or my just spaced outness. I'm like, well, I can't tell if you're actually invested in this. Um, I can't tell if I should be invested in this or if we're still talking kind of thing. And so it's just like long distance friendships it's been it's been harder than me <laughs> and i have moments where it's just like i miss my friends you can call them but you don't understand i miss my friends mm-hmm. then i feel like your communication style is very much different than a lot of people expect so like when you're not reaching out when you're not texting it might seem like you're you don't want to talk to us but i feel like it's just because of what you said you want to be around people but we can't yeah I don't I've been I've been working on it and I've realized this Mm -hmm. and I am a terrible first impressionist I have worst first impression ever I think there are very few people who could say they did not have a bad first impression of me and I'm just I'm better in person (laughs) whether it's (laughs) online dating whatever all of that I am better in person Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise and I'm trying to you know with the communication stuff is realize it's not just about my communication style it's about my friends and their love language and what they need to feel like the relationship is happening and luckily I have great friends and they're all very understanding but I want to try and I want to be better and do more things like FaceTime dates watching movies that kind of stuff I just, you know, I, one, have to take the first step, and two, I just gotta, I have to, I really just have to get over myself, honestly. I mean, we're, we're your friends. We love to, like, see that incoming from Breezy, you know, but I don't know. I think it's a nice surprise, especially the other day you just randomly called me, and I was like, oh, I thought something was wrong, because you normally don't call me like that, so I was like, oh my god, I need an answer, because there's probably an emergency going on, but that is the thing that I've, that's my biggest, like, 
I would say concerning point about my communication style. As a result, because I am not very communicative and responsive, when I do initiate conversation, I cause people to panic. (laughs) Red button type situation, like to your stations, something's going down. (laughs) I just, yeah. And then that's the other thing too, is like, I'd like, I'm, I'm, we got to talk about this with a therapist, but it does it come from like fear of abandonment. Um, does it, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm surprised I was able to do a long distance romantic relationship, but I can't do this with my friends. Oh my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. I disappoint everyone, including myself. Oh no. my God. <laughs> do not say that. First of all, love is blind. Love will make you do a lot of stuff. Oh, love. Disgusting. Can't stand it but I love it. It's a drug. It really, it really is. I know. But the friendships, you know, the friendships that come out of a bad breakup, that kind of friendship is like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just one of the best friendships I personally have because out of my bad breakups, I started becoming friends with you. Yeah. So we got really close and then also became really good friends with my friend Bianca because of, she also broke up with her ex around the same time. A lot of toxic similarities as well so I was like oh my god we're the same person you know that kind of deal yeah it's almost like trauma bonding but and I would say a healthier way the one thing that I've realized with platonic relationships I don't think I can explain it because a lot of times it putting it into words can make people uncomfortable especially if like you know based on their love language and stuff like that I love my friends I love (laughs) y'all like oftentimes financially I'm unable to do it but the way I would like to spend money on y'all fly y'all places do all these things like literally write y'all love letters like all that type of stuff that I realize for me Mm -hmm. my friends and friendships to me are deeper and more pure than any other type of love because your friends just kind of, this may sound cliche, but represent a part of you, mm-hmm. something that you like, something that you want to grow, but it's in a full, fully fledged person. And so it's just kind of like, like for me, my friendships, <laughs> my, I can't say my friendships are like plants or seeds because if so, I ain't been watering. <laughs> but if they are, they are mustard seeds. They are cactus seeds. Yeah, would, bring up. Yeah. <laughs> like, they be here. They be mm-hmm. constant. We're here. We're not leaving. <laughs> but, you know, you brought a good point where you said there's a, an expression in Spanish that goes, Dime con quien te juntas y yo te digo quien eres. So it's just saying that, tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. So your friends are a big reflection. And I believe this. Your friends are a big reflection of who you are. Always watch out the people they hang out with and they surround themselves with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing too, that I had a moment of realization, yeah, romantic relationships, um, but it also has to do with friendships. And I've realized a lot of people in terms of relationships aren't really like attracted to people they're more invested in the validation. Specifically, if you are like dating cishet men. I have a very unhealthy relationship with men. 
I can comfortably say that. I really just be here for the validation. And that can become a problem because you'll endure things seeking that validation. You'll do things that you don't want to do or you don't care about just for a drop of validation. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, where, where else can you get validation from? You can get validation from friends. And I thought about who my friends are. I do, I have one fr- cishet male friend, only one. <laughs> that man has been with me since middle school. Mm-hmm. That is the only one. I don't want no more. <laughs> um, so all of my friendships are with queer folks, women, just like all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I don't mess with them cishet males. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about it like, okay, do I get validation from my friendships? Yes. Okay, but why does it feel different? I have friends who will literally hype me up without holding back. They just be like, your hair, great. Your skin, great. Everything about you, great. You just be out here doing it, killing it all the time. And I'm just sitting here like, wow, just they don't quit. It's just with the validation. I can get a validation from a cishet male once and they'll be like, your hair looks nice. And I'll be like, wow, I was thinking about that all day. And I think it comes from this fact that we live in a misogynistic society the patriarchy, mm-hmm. in which men, masculinity, um, heterosexuality is normalized and valued greater than everything else. So therefore, anything that comes from a cishet male is also going to be valued more. And I realize how much I've internalized that. My friends' validation, love, and genuine care for me, why does, why does that not feel like enough? It has nothing to do with them or their actions. It has to deal with how I've internalized messaging from society. And so that's kind of one of my areas of growth that I want to work with within my own friendships is identifying why for a lot of people, including myself, why they feel incomplete without a romantic partner or the validation of a male in what, whatever way. This also another thing too that you see in the quote, daddy issues with male validation. It, can, it hits you in different ways, regardless of your sexuality. Male validation is a currency that people just can't get enough of, mm-hmm. that, it, that they've been trained to get. And I've been realizing how my desire for male validation has hurt me in a place I never thought it would ever hurt me. And that is in my friendships Mm -hmm. and how I show them love and how I accept love from them. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know how to follow that because I struggle with that so much and I just don't know how to put into words. It's just, we often look for that validation from a romantic partner Mm -hmm. and we get this love and support from a lot of different people, but it just doesn't feel the same unless it's like that romantic partner. And I just, I personally don't know how to put into words, you know, Mm -hmm. I still struggle with that. So I'm like, dang, like, I don't, I don't know what to say now. Yeah. I've seen it with people who have attachment to authority figures. Mm -hmm. An authority figure will give them praise and they will just eat it up. Yeah. And idolize that person. And it doesn't even have to do with romance or anything. Like it is a, it is something about, the patriarchy and masculinity in which because it is so it is the the most highly rated currency of society mm-hmm. that anything else just ain't enough mm-hmm. 
like I and so I owe it to my friends I owe it to all the different types of love I share with people and all the different relationships I maneuver in to work on dismantling that idea of validation that's coming exclusively from cishet male dominant figures in society as being more than what I get from my friends. And I, I, I think this is also, you, you might be familiar that this comes up a lot in which you have those people who become, as I quote, brand new once they get in a relationship, like they find a piece of them. And you can have, some, in some relationships, you notice that this person will distance themselves from their friends or their friends can say something or mean something or have intent, but this person and the validation they get from them is very heavy. Yeah. And even in relationships where I found like male validation is like, <laughs> I think ah, I had this moment cause I work in a box store as well. I just had this moment where like Vagisil and all that stuff, all that exists is male validation being a driving force to commodify the female reproductive system, like how it should smell, how it should taste, all of that. Like the the grasp, the grip that pussy wipes have on my people. Yeah. You do not need to be using things that smell like lavender down there. Nope. And this is another thing too, where like even in communities of women loving women, you see that pop up again in which the, the act of a woman loving a woman has been twisted into a way that it's for men. Like, the fetishization of women who love women, the just gross involvement of, like, who's the man in the relationship? The point is, there is no man. (laughs) You see how it impacts everything, even when you think, nah, that can't be related. Male validation, what does it have to do in this relationship with me and my girlfriend? um, There's no man in here. However, male validation will constantly be impacting the how you're purchasing money i think about it like also just with like you know vaginal health and cleaning there's Mm -hmm. that's one way Mm -hmm. but i think about it also in my little sister and i went shopping Mm -hmm. and we're looking at bras and the bras that had this class in the front and i was like y'all know why those were made right please clarify like so when it like instead of clasping in the back Mm -hmm. it has like a clasp in the front Mm -hmm. It's because men were complaining that bras were too difficult to get off. Oh, my God. So they had the front class. That's where that came from. Oh, my God. Because one of the things that I'll never forget, it was like, <laughs> this is how another thing, too, where I'd be watching movies, and it would be like, oh, the camera's fixated on the female character putting on her bra, and she's putting her arms behind her back. And I was like, y'all don't know. Y'all can clip it in front, twist it around, and put it up. Someone told me, like, we had to do, like, for the physical exams in, like, gym class in middle school, you had to, like, put your arms behind your back and touch them, like, touch your fingers to each other. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I can do it with my left arm to my right arm. And somebody was like, well, yeah, like, how do you put on a bra? And I sat there like, so you're telling me y'all reach behind y'all back and hook, hook it together? What? And I, I, I know people do things differently. We're not all the same. But I was really like, y'all really said, I will become flexible no. for the sake of putting on this bra. <laughs> no. Rather than you can hook it in front, just turn it around, put the straps up. You're good. You're set. You're locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. You're snatched. You're snatched. <laughs> well, 
to be quite honest, I have not worn a bra in a very, very long time. I only wear sports bras. I personally, bras, I'm very anti them because of older women in my life who who pass judgment on me for Mm -hmm. not wearing a bra Mm -hmm. and saying all that stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I need you to deal with your internalized misogyny before Mm -hmm. you talk to me. And, um, you know, um, there are men who have breasts. Ain't nobody telling them, wow, I can't, honey, I can see, I can see your nipples through your shirt. Mm -hmm. They're going to think you're easy. Mm -hmm. They're going to think you don't deserve this job. No, oh <laughs> that's not, that's not what's happening. Yep. Ugh. But yes. Anyway, back to friendships. Anyways. I, yes. The, my little mustard seeds, <laughs> um, <laughs> my friendships. And I also realized the other thing too is as I grow older and I get a, you know, a bigger vocabulary and I think, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to phrase this, but I think throughout our life, like every day we are learning ways to finally share ourselves fully with the world mm-hmm. and verbalize our experience. And I think as I've grown older and I've learned how to verbalize my experience, I've learned a lot about toxic friendships yeah. or friendships that were just not okay mm-hmm. that I didn't know that I probably 15 year old me would have said that was, that was my definition of the best, a best friend. Yeah, and then I just wanted to tell listeners if there's a friendship that is just not serving you, if there's a friendship that you're just not feeling, like you're not obligated to stay in that friendship. You know, Mm -hmm. you can cut people off. Like you don't owe anyone anything. You know, some people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you want to end the episode here? I think so, yeah. I think we're good. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Almost forgot, like always. Follow me on Instagram at Andy underscore Torres H-U and on Twitter at T-O-R-R underscore R-R-E-S-1. And you can follow me exclusively on Twitter at Libra Thugga. That's L-I-B-R-A-T-H-U-G-G-A. This has been Therapy Check. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.